balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. People will call and they'll say, you need to get new actors. The ones you have are bad. <laughs> Those are truly, actually the calls that people make into their health coaches to get help. I don't sit and tell you it's going to cure the coronavirus. What it does do is that chemistry goes in and it helps your body do what it needs. The reason there's so many different types of successes is because we aren't targeting anyone. All we do is help the body help itself and whatever it finds and it can do and go in and work and fix, that's what it's going to go in and help do. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. Hi, everyone. It's Kate. I just wanted to mention MyPillow.com to you. You know, there's a lot of holidays and weddings and all kinds of things that we buy gifts for. And not to mention us. We buy things for ourselves. This is the best company for bedding. I mean, from everything from dog beds to pillows to sheets to towels to um, to stopping snoring. I mean, get the green pillow, get the blue pillow label from... Um, MyPillow.com. What an amazing company this is. And Mike Lindell is doing a heck of a job trying to inform everybody about the election fraud and actually have the proof there and show the the proof behind election fraud. Also, FrankSpeech.com. It's a censor-free Facebook. Go to MyPillow.com or you can call the number 800-873-1052. And make sure that you are ordering, put in the code Kate, get up to 40% off now. Oh my gosh, you guys, the products are that good. I'm telling you, I was shocked by them. I was seriously shocked. Make sure you support the show, Truth and Radio, Mike Lindell, and you're going to get great products. It's a great threefer. <laughs> Not a twofer, a threefer. Go to MyPillow.com and get up to 40% off right now. Do it. Thanks, you guys. Mice die in mouse traps. Uh, the free cheese gets them every time. Socialism is not awesome. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Why do I do it? Why do I do it? But why do you do it? Because I suppose you've got to do things that scare you. This is my, this is my extreme sport. Some people jump off mountains. <laughs> Some people jump out of planes. Some people go deep sea diving. Some people jump over buses on a motorbike. I get up and say things. <laughs> Hi there, welcome back. Last hour on a Wednesday. I've got Susan here. How are you? Hi, super. And uh, that was Ricky Gervais. Uh, his extreme sport saying things. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> our extreme sport, you know? People ask me what my hobbies are, and I'm like, no, truly. It's, <laughs> it's just saying things that I believe in but out loud where a lot of people don't get that chance i get it every day and it's uh wow it's it's a double-edged sword let me just tell you um well went through a couple of topics with melissa three different subjects all very interesting things to think about we're going to do the same in this hour i'm, I'm excited to do that you know the, the the story i and i you brought this up out when we were on the break and i just wanted to kind of reinstate this the story that fauci funded Wuhan kind of secretly and that he was the only one that did it and then Wuhan released this 
That isn't true. Like the, the part that's not true is the part that they will not talk about in the press. And the part that they don't talk about in the press is that we were very much in bed with the whole situation. Many, many, many people here in the United States um, and uh, and saw it all the way through. China did not just go rogue and do something to us. And so when people call it the China disease, I always want to I always feel like I should I should really make sure that people realize where I stand on that because that is how they're how they are describing it in the press isn't isn't right well you know we were very much in bed and paying for it and saw it all the way through and kept that under wraps and uh we just we wanted somebody to blame we wanted to blame them solely for it but that's not exactly what happened what's your take on this Susan Well, more and more information comes out. And in 2015, Dr. Barrick's researchers from the University of North Carolina um, started this gain of function. So he was a British researcher, but he was working in North Carolina. And Zuckerberg's group funneled a couple hundred thousand dollars to him for this research. Hmm. So now you're getting the funding through. and And he was in North Carolina. Yeah. So we pretend that it was just in one spot in one place. Yeah, it wasn't. When we've been in cahoots for a long time. And I I just wish people would recognize that because it's usually when the media is pointing in one direction, you can pretty much go the other direction and be probably more near the truth um, because they'll they'll never truly point. They might point in some ways to some of it, but never the whole truth ever. So no. when the media jumps on board, just always do a 180. Um, I love that uh, statement. Uh, somebody said that a long time ago, and it's so true. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk first about because we've been talking a little bit about what's coming. And I keep trying to warn people that the World Economic Forum put out this. Uh, it's on Cargill. C-A-R-G-I-L-L-2. They put out this document about this simulation of 2020. So this was in 2015. And they said in 2022, we're going to have these shortages and everything and a drought and wow, and it's all coming. Well, we've been talking about this lately, have we not? And so um, let's talk about food shortages in the past. Let's talk about how they came to be. Because the manipulation, you're pretty much going to find some manipulation at hand. Well, this started because I was doing some genealogy research on my Mm -hmm. own family line. And about six generations back, I run into this Haggerty name and where he came from. And then it's a big mess over in Ireland. And I thought, this is right in the middle of the Irish famine, the Irish potato famine. Mm -hmm. That has been drilled into our heads. That's the only thing it's called. So this Chicago researcher, and that's where I was born to... um, His name is Chris Fogarty, and he retired. He was a retired engineer. He started looking into his grandfather's history. He went over to England. He looked through the British records. His Irish grandfather served in the British military in Ireland. And so he was looking at all these maps, ordnance maps, food maps, where um, flour mills were. And then he started reading more and more about how -hmm. many soldiers were there. And he started to appreciate that it wasn't a famine at all because he could see the records of how they were exporting, mm. exporting the food. And other people will Pretty come damning. around when you get into, because the regular history didn't really highlight mm-hmm. this, but the military history 
has the proof, the maps, the shipments. And people said, well, there was more coming into the country to help them. A lot of it, most of it was going to uh, feed animals. And so he realized, he said, I felt really bad all this time. You kind of blame the Irish people. Well, they planted potatoes. Then there was a potato blight. Then they didn't have anything to eat. And they came over here by the millions. Mm -hmm. And that history tells us it was people making a mistake and then Mother Nature. Right. Mm -hmm. He says, "How, how in the world is it? That Well, let me just give you some statistics. For First of all, the name of the book is Ireland, 1845 to 1850, The Perfect Holocaust and Who Kept It Perfect. Ooh, ouch. Okay. Yeah, let's hear about this. He called it the Holocaust because for years during the time it was happening, the newspapers called it a Holocaust. That's what the newspapers were calling it. So he thought, I have got to put this book together, and he did. It had maps. He's working on his third edition right now. But it fascinated me that with the maps, you could see where, let me get to the number, it's like 555 555 flour mills. And then you can see where all the meat is processed across the country. Mm -hmm. It was a fully functioning and it was food, doing fine. Food economy that was doing fine. And he said, what we're really looking at is a genocide. And so he went back 50 years to find his teacher, um, who was very elderly at that point. And he said, do you remember teaching us how this was a famine? Right. And his teacher said, I was given a curriculum and told not to deviate from the curriculum. Don't tell true history. He said, we all knew it was a genocide and that food was being exported right under our noses. But the teachers had a curriculum. Part of the reason all of this happened is that most of the land in Ireland was owned by British landlords. Mm. And so with British landlords, they also expelled peasants from their properties. As this got worse and worse, people Mm -hmm. were kicked out of their homes with nowhere to go. Right. So one of the other things... And what are we looking at? Oh, yeah, that's right. Wall Street's our new landlord in America, I apparently, know. and has been since 2009, since the housing crash. It isn't new. They've been doing this for quite a while. Yes. But I, I do find the similarity kind of interesting. Exactly. Yeah. The whole BlackRock Because thing. they've been buying up homes. That's yeah. right. He said people would whisper about something else. It was the mass graves mass graves people just shoveled into these graves he said the graves are 170 years old now and Mm -hmm. some of them are marked but he said the funny thing about it is people still won't talk about it and they have now started marking all the graves but he said there are thousands um thousands of people in these graves so All of a sudden, you turn around and your eyes are open. The scales have fallen from his eyes to say, this was done to us. And they had charts talking about the exporting of things. Yes. And where the 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 original healthy economy existed. So that doesn't that make a lot more sense? Yeah, it does. Then people Mm -hmm. became dependent on one crop. And when it (laughs) failed, they all and you go, that would be stupid. Right. Right. And, and why would they only eat? Why wouldn't they just be normal people growing things? Right. 
it, it, it didn't ever make any sense. And so I love to go back into history on these kinds of things because we can learn so much from them. And they were willing to do it back then, uh, displace people. And then, of course, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like the, 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 the two punch. You know what I mean? You get them out of their homes and they're already desperate. And then, of course, you stop the food. And so with Wall Street as our new uh, landlord in America for a huge part of the homes, a huge amount of the homes, uh, the jacked up prices, they are jacking up rental prices. Could you see that happening here? And then all of a sudden the one-two punch with the um, the engineered climate change um, results, because that's they'll, they'll exploit it for sure, um, into this manufactured drought that we're having that will end up as a result you know, we can't have the crops and then food inflation prices go up. And so that simulation from the World Economic Forum talking about the fact that, yeah, 2022, we're going to see huge food shortages. I hope we're all ready for this. But look, I mean, you have to look at the manufacturing of these things. That's right. That's right. That there's sometimes a black hand and a Obama has used that mm-hmm. term to the black hand. Um, he, so in their interview, there's an actual video of this, of him. He says in Cork, um, 30,000 it's reported in mass graves in just yes. in County Cork. And so a total of 5.2 million, mm-hmm. 5.2 million victims total. And um, so the crosses are there and as people start to appreciate that this has been done to them, it's the rest of us who can learn from this lesson. Um, so what's Jeez. interesting about this um, man too, Chris Fogarty, is that because his father was so old and he was born of a 65-year-old father, his father was born 161 years ago, and he could talk about what happened during the famine. So you start to realize um, it was not a famine at all. He said it was a result of government policy. There were 67,000 troops there stripping, stripping the land of resources and exporting them. Jeez. So then one would ask, how could they keep it a secret? Why, you know, did they speak out? How do you know they didn't? And uh, what were they threatened with if they did? So... People always think that when something like this goes down, that all these people are going to come to the forefront and tell the truth. That doesn't always happen. Number one, it doesn't. And those voices are usually drowned out anyway, if they do. And so you will have some whistleblowers, but um, they're usually, you know, and in the case of the military, too, um, do they have to stand and protect the military by not saying any of this That's or were right. they compartmentalized into only what they knew? And maybe they didn't realize how much uh, they were doing, how much of the military was involved Who yeah. knows? and how much food was involved. Who knows? Yeah. Wow. I'll be right back. Great stuff. Susan, be right back on the Kate Daly show. KateDalyRadio.com. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show.
Topic, man, everyone I think needs to hear about uh, just because they've really silenced it in curriculums in school and they don't talk about it. It's uh, kind of like the Holdemore. They don't talk about that much bigger than the Holocaust itself that we always talk about. Uh, so many things in our society uh, that uh, they started back in 1906, a very concerted effort, the Carnegie Foundation, to strip us of true history. And it's been going on a very, very long time, and there's proof of this. And so I'm just always just, I think, blown away by the amount of lies we've been told. And when I asked Ed Griffin that question, how many lies has the government told? And I was thinking 97%. He said 97%. And I went, wow, that's wild. Anyway, uh, 97% of what they do and say are lies. So I'm with it. I'm with Ed Griffin. I, th I absolutely agree on that. Uh, welcome back to the show, balanceofnature.com. Go to balanceofnature.com. The, the best fruits and vegetables with no pesticides, no GMO, no, no nothing, just Fruits and vegetables, the best ones, they condense those down into uh, just the nutrients in caplet form for you and make sure that you get these. Uh, in fact, three fruits and three veggies a day th of, the, uh, of the capsules are just about perfect and you get, you're getting about 31 fruits and vegetables a day. Make sure you have even extra on hand. Uh, I would. In fact, go to balanceofnature.com and you'll get 35% off and free shipping. It's an amazing deal. Put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E, and uh, you'll get the savings right away. They'll ship it out immediately. And I'm telling you, you're going to love this product. This is a great food supplement. All right, Susan. So a couple more things on the Irish famine that was very, very manufactured. Yes, it was. He control. calls it his book. Um, Chris Fogarty's book is called Ireland, 1845 to 1850. The perfect holocaust and who kept it perfect Oof. ouch so one of the ways they did this not surprisingly is there were 101 newspapers in ireland and he had a list of all of their names and all except one was owned by the british landlords <laughs> gosh so anything that came out was the well like yeah. cnn basically yeah. like everything was cnn bought yeah. and sold pretty much like it is right now that's right yeah. and so anybody who tried to publish or get the word out was arrested Therefore, uh, there was a man by the name of Dean Jonathan Swift who put out his own book and he did talk about it. So they couldn't arrest him because he was part of what they called the ascendancy and he was a protected class. And when you think of this, a protected class, they couldn't be arrested for anything. Nothing could be done to them. It's kind of like our kind country. Like a foreign agent over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> they our, nothing happens to them. They can own, do anything. Our own politician. Oh, yeah. What did Hillary say? She's right. the most exonerated woman in history. Yeah, right. She, right. It's, Ooh, it's I same just thing. threw up in my mouth. Go same ahead. <laughs> so the peasants had basically no standing. They were not considered legal persons for hundreds of years. They weren't considered legal, if you can believe that. So when Dean Jonathan Swift put out this book talking about how things really were, they couldn't arrest him, so they arrested the printer of the book. 
Jeez. But he went about, um, he has a huge hero because he, what he did was he wrote a modest proposal um, as to what the Irish children could eat to help save them from a life of misery and that he wanted them because children were considered untouchables, but he was a member of the um, of the ascendancy. So he wanted them to learn to read. And this was just a proposal to try and help them out. So he was trying to do the right thing. This is that that 5% that mm-hmm. says, I'm going to stand up in the face of the crown right. and do this. So any portrayal now of Queen Victoria, and this was during her Mm -hmm, reign, mm -hmm. portrays her as very concerned and trying to help out with the famine. But she gave one of the highest awards to the man who was in charge of the whole thing. (laughs) Of course. She awarded him. Why does this not shock me? Hmm. So these were, you know, the machinations going on behind the scenes, but... People, one of the things they did was they let people leave in ships, but a lot of times the people were sick. There was typhus, and so they called them coffin ships because so many people would just end up dying. It was really, really horrendous. Um, So when you think about this and when people bring this up, what I really liked, he said in this interview, that we owe it to people who have been part of a genocide to acknowledge their existence mm-hmm. and to recognize the genocide, just like the Armenian genocide, yeah, just like suffering, mm-hmm. the Jewish genocide, the let's, Holdemore. Let's not pretend the Russian one. Yeah. And take the narrative of the UK. So there've been critics. They interviewed a historian from the UK who's British. Oh no, no. We were very concerned. We tried to help. You know, there were things yeah. such as workhouses, which were just unbelievably mm-hmm. evil, where people would just go to die. There was a story recently, um, about two weeks ago, about a mass grave found in Canada mm-hmm. of Indian children. It was a couple hundred, 200 kids in this mass grave. People were outraged justifiably, absolutely horrific. There's mass graves all over Ireland due to this famine and due to this intentional genocide. It's been a battle tactic Mm -hmm. of conquerors for millennia. Well, I mean, you look at the takeover by the Carnegie Foundation in in our education, and they wanted teachers to be instructed over in Britain and then come over here. And it, you know, makes a lot more sense when you start to think about it, because um, they wanted uh, certain stories to be told certain ways so that we would never reflect back on history and remember these things as these things were being, you know, done, we wouldn't recognize them, right? We wouldn't think that the government would do them, but it makes a lot more sense. So they wanted them flown to to Europe to be educated, then come back here, and they wanted kind of like a designer teacher. They wanted to design the way they were educated. And uh, the Carnegie Foundation, um, and uh, I think it was the uh, Ford Foundation, um, there were several foundations, the Rockefeller Foundation, all involved in this, um, this just <laughs> getting out any true history at all and retelling the stories. And this is why you didn't hear about it when you were in school. No, that's right. And who was Queen Victoria's uncle was Prince Leopold of Belgium. Mm-hmm. Now, he is notorious and his son for creating genocide in the Democrat Republic of the Congo. The lar- 
the big central right. Democrat Congo, and it is one considered one of the most evil reigns of terror, essentially, that ever existed. And this was who was advising Queen Victoria. <laughs> so it was kind of seen as, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. how do you erase your competition, your political competition, if there's these millions of people in right. Ireland? Right. So to think that, oh, just well, a convenient famine that got rid of a lot of their problems. Yeah. And it turns out who benefited? Well, I'm here today mm-hmm. because of a great great grandfather that right. came across on a boat, and I'm sure it was hell. We all, yeah. Right. I have a lot of Irish in my background. Right. And what I like what he said is um, it's a burden, but it's a burden to know this that all mature, decent people should accept. We must accept the truth, and the truth really will set us free. Mm-hmm. And it won't free us of the burden of knowing about it, but it will free us up in many other beautiful, beautiful right. ways. Right. Because we can face it, acknowledge it, and now it makes sense. And then we don't, on top of it, just to add injury, you know, insult to injury, we do not talk about the fact that they were enslaved out of desperation of the things going on over in Ireland. They were enslaved, came over here and treated like this. But no, of course, no white people, right? Because you can't talk about them. It's only black people in this country. And I'm sorry, but you have to understand that the white people were involved, very involved in slavery and, and really, really more of servitude. It was a lot of a lot more of servitude where they had to do a number of years. Um, but in any case, you're not allowed to talk about that. It's, they're like erased from so many things of, of that they went through of significance, yeah. of huge significance. And so he, we can teach critical race. Hmm. He talks about the people who went back to Ireland from America. And it was in part because they were having to pay rents here for properties in Ireland. They were still indentured mm-hmm. to their landlords. And it just sounds like the most horrendously oppressive. Right. Where you would just want to give up. Yeah. But luckily, certain ones didn't. And they stuck with it. And we are here today because the Irish people were tough. But when you look at who stood up and how the odds were stacked against them, there were people who stood up. And now there's people willing to look at it and acknowledge the truth. So it's important to correct people and not to fall for anything that is done. Let's look at the news objectively and see the information that's coming in about our own food supply All of these machinations going on right now, Mm -hmm. the skullduggery of uh, who's doing what now and what thing just got blown up where. And the farmers in California saying they were dumping the water uh, into the ocean and saying that they were they didn't have any water. No snowpack. It was very, it's just very interesting because there are people, so many people speaking out right now. I know. Yeah. I know. So about to see this clearly, yeah, Mm -hmm. to see this clearly as a template Mm -hmm. and to know very, that this reign of terror of the British government and what they did worldwide. And he points out that half the regiments of the British empire, half were put in Ireland. And he said, why would that have been? Yeah. And it's clearly to have created a political advantage by the stripping of the resources mm-hmm, the of, land. The, of mm-hmm. the land. Ownership and our country did it to the Indians. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a great lesson to teach your kids. Yeah. And so going forward, there's a clear narrative right. that, that makes sense. Not yeah. just people eating potatoes and they were too stupid. Yeah. 
and, to plan uh, for disease. Yeah. This is why we bring all of it up. We bring up the Haldemore, and most people don't have never even heard that word. Isn't that interesting? More people died in the Haldemore than ever did the Holocaust, but you would never hear about it. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I remember Investigator Dave was the first one to bring it up on the show. And uh, people, we just haven't, when I say we, we've just been stripped of our education and haven't known it for a lot of it, you know, you have to say, well, we didn't know. But uh, there's no excuse now, not with the Internet, not with all the resources we have. There's just no reason not to dive in unless people choose to put their heads in the sand, unless they just want to live in La La Land. Then I guess you can. You can just believe the government cares for you and loves you. But I don't know why somebody would even believe that after all of the years of, of exposing lies after lie after lie after lie. I don't know how anyone could believe that. No, that's right. They do. And they want to believe it. And we're sophisticated yeah. if we see the pattern. Holdemore was the U- Ukraine. Yeah. Ukraine. 80 million people, yeah. it says, or millions of people died in a famine. Oh, so many. So many more than the Holocaust. It was 80 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Holdemore is just, it was devastating what they did. I've told stories from that on the right. air. And it's it was devastating. Devastating what they were able to do. But they did it. Um, be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. We have uh, some other things we, have to, we need to talk about, too. Be right back. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi, I know, way back machine, Boston. <laughs> Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. I'm Kate Daly, your host. I have Susan Reeve with me, my co-host, and uh, it's like Day of the Women. I love it. It's uh, Susan and Melissa Day, and bringing all kinds of fantastic topics to the show. Can I just tell you, these women work very hard, and I love them for it. And also, I just wanted to um, mention MyPillow.com. Get over to MyPillow.com. They have the two-for-one on sheets right now that is just, it's too much of an amazing deal not to tell you about it. So make sure you go, and even Susan has the sheets. They're pretty amazing. <gasps> they, they wash really are. good, huh? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they retain that coolness. Oh, I'm just telling you, get the sheets. Anyway, put them on every bed in your house and then you're also helping truth and radio but put in the code kate when you go to mypillow.com there's a promo code when you put in kate k-a-t-e you're going to help this show and you're going to uh make sure we stay on the air doing what we do and then also you're going to get the best products the best products i've been looking for sheets like this for years who knew that my pillow had them i don't mean to sound so shocked but oh my gosh you know because, um, you know, the commercials are kind of cheesy. They're kind of funny. And you just don't think that you're going to just see these amazing products come out of there. But, oh, my gosh, they are amazing. And Mike Lindell has some things planned for July, too. Um, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, here we go with all the data on the fraudulent election. So it'll be amazing to see what happens there. Um I hope people are really thinking about manufactured crisis. I really hope so. We've had way too many of them to ignore it. Unbelievable yeah. what's happened. And we feel like we're in this current, this riptide yeah. that is just tossing us around, right? Right. 
Well, it is so refreshing. Let me just talk about how refreshing it is to hear actual scientists and researchers get together and just sit at a table and talk. So one of the videos I watched is How to Save the World in Three Easy Steps, and it features the mRNA guy, the guy who, as a graduate student, developed mRNA, Mm -hmm. which is part of these vaccines now. His name is Dr. Robert Malone. Um, and uh, inventor and investor, Doc, Mr. Steve Kirch, but Dr. Brett Weinstein, who is an evolutionary biologist, he was part of the whole evergreen drama up in Oregon where the kids took over the college and called mm. him a white supremacist, even though he's Jewish. And so he left his 28-year teaching career there, and now he does... Hmm. YouTube and other things. So they sat down at this round table and talked for three hours. And I took notes. And one of the things that they talked about was how bizarre the FDA is acting. And I was thinking about a metaphor. You know, friends have told me, yeah, my husband, he comes home, he's putting on aftershave, he's going out, he says he's going bowling, he's never bowled in his life, something mm-hmm. weird's going on. You that- can't ignore the. You can't ignore. And that's what they're talking about, the FDA. Hmm. So one of the things they said is uh, they described, Brett Weinstein did, that the FDA is an example and other things of runaway extended regulatory capture. Now, this word capture is like state capture. So if, say, if China takes over a country, that's the capture, state capture, okay. um, China taking over our government. People would say it's a state capture. Well, this is regulatory state capture. You can see how the pharmaceuticals companies mm-hmm. would just say, this is how it's going to be, right? Okay. But he said what's happened is it's extended to the regulatory agencies, the science journals, universities, social media, organization of doctors, World Health Organization, and also self-censorship. Like, well, I'm just not going to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Right. But when you look at that host of organizations and they've been captured, um, he said there's three strange behaviors. Mm-hmm. One of them is that they don't want to collect data on the effects of the vaccine. That usually when there's an emergency use on something, Mm -hmm. they set up a whole matrix of information coming in. What's happening here? What's happening here? Because we are the trial. Yes. Massive trial. Why would they not want to know what's going on? Right. And that the FDA has legal authority to request that, to to insist Mm -hmm. they do it. And the FDA didn't do it. So they don't want to know. They're not interested. They don't want to know that there's uh, more more than 60,000 deaths. <laughs> they don't want to know because VAERS is only reporting about a 10% and yes. it's about 6,000. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually even mentioned that the government is hiding these uh, databases that usually with science, if somebody uses data and they say this was the result, other scientists go, that's really cool. We want to see your database. And so they share the database. The, gov- sure. the government won't share their database. And they said they really, really need something where things can get reported by doctors and accessed by doctors and researchers. And he said the government has made it so difficult. Why? Mm. Why, why, why? He also said they want to... let me guess. I (laughs) know. Just... It's horrific, really. It really is. I laugh, but it's horrific what's happening right now. And people are being suckered into it left and right. Come get the vaccine, get a lap dance, free beer, money. Just come do it, right? We'll even mix it with the flu shot so it'll sound better. I mean, this is how bad 
It's becoming. That's how bad. And that is point number two. The other strange behavior from the FDA and the is allowing, they're encouraging our government too. They want to administer it to people who gain no benefit from it. Babies and the youth who and gain all these no benefit. And that's why that's why one of the listeners had said, um, you know, and had wrote me and she made a great point, And that was, why are they never why aren't people when they're going to court saying this isn't necessary? Why would you make me take an unnecessary thing when my body can handle this? Ninety nine point nine percent of the time as a coronavirus. Give me a break. And so it's the same same thing. You know, why are they shoving it down our throats? It's totally even unnecessary. Yes, it's harmful, but it's even unnecessary. Too. Right. There's so many facets of this. Well, he said, and usually the scientists, they look at the cohorts of who benefits and yeah. they factor in um, right. age and prior medical condition. Mm-hmm. And they're just saying we're blanket. We want this blanket coverage. He said very that's bizarre. very odd. They also, this is the third thing, um, they wouldn't tell you to administer the safe drugs based on how safe they know they already are. So there's drugs they know are so safe, like ivermectin, which Mm -hmm. has, you know, hydroxychloroquine and hydroxychloroquine Mm -hmm. in the correct dosage. And when there's minimal, when there's, there's an upside of a potential benefit, but minimal downside, the past behavior has been to go ahead and do it. Um, But this time they're holding back. So they have had this risk benefit evaluation that should have happened. And instead... They don't, they're not looking at other options, but that is the prior practice. Everything is different now. I heard one researcher who had worked for the World Health Organization as a contractor, and she said, um, we did training, course curriculum, but it was like bioethics. She said they have violated at the World Health Organization all of the bioethics that were put in place Previously, all those have been violated. She goes, what's going on? So she came out as a whistleblower. But um, this is... There's more medication even that they're not bringing out to the forefront. There is more medication. In fact, one of the medications they talked about was something called fluvoxamine. It's F-L-U-V-O-X-A-M-I-N-E. And... um, Mr. Kirch, who's the entrepreneur worth hundreds of millions of dollars, has really leaned into this to figure out what is going on. There's a website that's absolutely fascinating called C, letter C, 19early.com. And it's all the early treatment analysis. So you see the charts, the graphs, what works in early treatment when people have this respiratory distress. And one of the top drugs they recommend is this flavoxamine, and it's an SSRI Um, typically used for anxiety, but it crosses the blood-brain barrier. It gets into the brain and cools the inflammation, a cycle that's happening. And they have had such extraordinary results, and they published some results because a researcher came up with an idea that we should try this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another researcher tried this, and they had like 100% success Hmm. with these patients. So... There was no reason to not go ahead and recommend that. And after it was published in JAMA and people said, why don't we just start recommending this? JAMA freaked out. We need to not do this because we need all this double blind. He said, that is not how science has worked in the past. If there's been success with something, other doctors look at it. They may try it. That's how it has typically worked. What is going on? Right. Right. 
I, I believe they one seem of, like they're trying to hide stuff. That's all well, I can say. Yes. I mean, come on. It's just so. And people were so dumb that we don't see it. I, they change all the protocols. They change everything. And. They keep they keep safe medicines off the shelf. I so mean, safe, and so tell you not to go out in the sun, and you know, and and not get sunshine, and not take vitamin. I mean, it's amazing that we're so dumb that we listen to this info and we go, oh, wait, we totally trust them. We totally trust whatever they're saying, and they're saying everything that's anti health. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, what was interesting about this drug, too, is that they were only given the, the people in the study a third of the regular dose for anxiety. It was just mm. a minimal dose and it was 50 milligrams twice a day for 14 days. And there were no reported side effects, zero side effects. Mm. And they um, they also tried it. So somebody heard about this, this one person did a, a podcast with someone who had mm -hmm. con contact at a racetrack. He said, um, my favorite story is about the racetrack and 40% of the people followed the doctor's advice to take the drug. And two weeks later, when the employees could see the stark contrast between the two people, the cohorts of people who did and didn't, um, 100% of the employees later got sick. They wanted to be put on it. Even the track management who weren't sick asked for it pro, pro, you know, in case they got right. it. But the good thing about it is he said it helps with um, people. Some people are having long-term symptoms from COVID. Mm -hmm. They have a drag on and on and on and on and don't feel like themselves. That these people reported no long-term, it's called long-haul COVID symptoms when they took this drug. So there really is science mm -hmm. has developed all these amazing things that can help with our bodies. Right. So to, to close our eyes to it. I know. Were these the same, were these the same, these the same researchers that said they couldn't believe they were giving this to women because so much was landing in the ovaries and women were having uh, so many issues from this. This was um, a different doctor. That was a Canadian doctor who got the Japanese study. They looked okay. at the Japanese information. So these doctors. They on couldn't this, believe they were getting the shot. I'm sorry. Not the medication you're talking about, but the shot. They couldn't believe they were giving them the vaccination. Oh, yeah. I don't know this, but it. He just said they were just saying with all this information out there that usually the mm -hmm. way he, the way our brains work is when the reason we know something is dangerous is there's more and more evidence that piles up that we can see something is dangerous. Right. He said they want to suppress what is dangerous. All these reactions, 170,000 people on some Facebook group talking about their reactions to mm -hmm. vaccines. Mm -hmm. They just shut it down. And he, he said, this is not the normal flow of information at all. So we can't absorb the information. We can't become smarter and about what is going on. results from anything they're doing. They don't want to look at them. They don't want to observe them. They don't want to, they don't want to have to cough up that they understand how dangerous this is. That's right. Yeah. He said it's like signals and noise. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of variables out there, but the signals are breaking through more and more. So the, there's these ovarian signals. Um, we mm -hmm. talked about all of the spike proteins that are ending sure. up huge amount in women's in ovaries. ovaries. Yep. And that wasn't expected. Also, he said the reactivation of latent human retroviruses. And that's things like um, shingles, mm. herpes coming out 
because yeah. people's immune systems have been affected. Man, we're messing with people so much. Messing with people. But he said, this is a case where mm-hmm. systems were allowed to evaporate trillions of dollars in order to create billions of dollars. Yeah. So take the money, shut up, don't say anything. And this is our new course for going through a mass human trial. (laughs) Lovely. So yes, they should have used the precautionary principle that if it does no harm, why not give it to him? Well, you know, when they're manufacturing a vaccine clear back last February, when they said it was a mystery, there's a problem. So right there, people should have recognized that, hey, I think we have an issue here. If they already know what the cure is, that we're still thinking it's some sort of mystery and we don't know what it is. Because that's what they kept telling us over and over again. We don't know what we're dealing with. No, but they had the cure and they were already manufacturing the cure. Hmm. Well, we were all going into lockdown. That's interesting. I thank you, Susan. Great stuff. What an hour. That's my pleasure. Wow. As always. Don't you just love Susan and Melissa? <laughs> I love these guys. Um, they're such an asset to the show. And I just played the wrong music. But you know what, though? That's just life. <laughs> it's just radio. It's live radio. What can I say? Right. I make a mistake usually every day. We're so real. I'm just, it's real. Keeping it real. Uh, be faithful. Be fearless. See you back here tomorrow. And uh, Uncle Milty joins me tomorrow. And everybody have a good one. Go to katedallyradio.com. Thanks again, Susan.